welcome to Words with Way, Episode 6, a new podcast about all things Fairfield and beyond. I'm your host, Bill Way, Communications Manager for the City of Fairfield, and our word of the day is initiative. Initiative is defined as the power or opportunity to act before others do. Initiative is also known for a new plan or action to improve something or solve a problem. The Fairfield Police Department has joined what they call the 30 by 30 initiative. The 30 by 30 initiative is a coalition of police leaders, researchers, and professional organizations who have joined together to advance the representation and experience of women in all ranks of policing across the United States. Today, joining me is our very own Chief of Police, Deanna Cantrell. Welcome. Hi, Bill. Thanks. We have Officer Kim Sepulveda. Hello. Thank you, Kim. And we have Code Enforcement Officer Megan O'Connell. Hey there. Welcome to the show, everyone. So often I'll ask questions of the group, so feel free to just jump in. It's a big conversation. Chief, if you could give me a little more background on the 30 by 30 initiative, what it means for you and the department. Sure. It's an initiative that was started to increase women in policing, and that's in not just sworn policing, as we'll talk about later. Megan's here, and she's one of our CSOs. And so it's really just to increase the presence of women in policing in general. Uh And the reason for that is because we've been stuck pretty much at about 12% nationwide for several years, since the 90s. We've been right around that 11 12%. And so the goal is to increase women in policing. And the goal for 30 by 30 is to increase to 30% by 2030. Now, I don't think we'll quite get there, but I think it's worth the effort. And it's worth the effort because women have a really significant role in policing. And not to say that men aren't great at a million things, because Uh they are. They're fantastic at some things that we are not fantastic at. Women have a real knack for certain things in policing. And part of that is we communicate in a different way. We see things in a different way. We have different outcomes for victims, especially being a woman. And many of our victims happen to be women. And sometimes you'll have a female victim ask for a female police officer or a female CSO to be the person that they talk to simply because you may have a shared life experience or simply because they feel more comfortable talking to you. Right. And there is a a real need for women in policing. And vice versa, as they say, too, men and women are wired differently. So there's different reactions in handling situations or just in general on how you would negotiate a decision or just a way of dealing with any kind of situation. Right. It takes everybody. And there just is not a large representation of women now. Mm -hmm. And it's a good opportunity for both to learn from each other. Absolutely. And and, no, I think that's wonderful. We have Kim Sepulveda. Kim, what drew you in, not only the 30 by 30, of course, but what drew you into law enforcement? What interested you? Do you have a family background of law enforcement? I sure do. Oh, okay. So I grew up in a law enforcement family. Gotcha. And I grew up where that's all I knew. Mm -hmm. I didn't know anything else. I either wanted to be a vet or a cop. Oh, okay. And there was too much schooling with the vet thing. So I said, being a cop it is. But I've always wanted to help people, as cliche as it sounds. I think the best reward for me as a police officer, I have been for the last eight years, is helping people. There's highs and lows with every career, but I think for me, it's just going out there. I love the people that I work with and Mm -hmm. work for. That's what I love about it. So how did you feel? Were you apprehensive or did you just think you'd be able to get into law enforcement being a woman or did you just go right for it? I just went right for it. Mm -hmm. I grew up, my dad was a longtime police officer and he was like, it's going to be different. You're a chick. So he prepped me. I was a 14 year old Vacaville police cadet growing up. At 14 years old, I was doing ride-alongs. I was just going out there and he's, you're going to hear it. You're 14 years old. 
And you started with CHP. I did. I was highway patrol before. You were highway patrol before? Oh, okay. Yeah. So I was CHP before and I worked down in Los Angeles for about five and a half years. Okay. So that was So fun. you started from the ground up, like from the cradle. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay. That's great. Yeah. Now, Megan, what about you? What interested you? Your father works here. He works in engineering. He's with Public Works. Yes, You're a CSO. You follow the civic route, of course, but in a whole different field. Well, actually, my mom's a dispatcher with the police department. She retired my senior year of high school, but she still works per diem. So I got to hear her voice on the radio today as I was working. But both my parents work here for the city of Fairfield, and my whole family is pretty much law enforcement and military. Uh And so same as Kim, that was pretty much all that I knew. And in the same way, I wanted to be able to help people. And I would get really frustrated when you you see things in the media or anything like that. You see somebody that's hurting and you want to be able to help them. So um, this was just that route. And when I was going through college, I initially was going to be a psychology major and wanted to be a therapist. And similar to Kim, that was too much schooling for me. (laughs) And I knew I would be able to help people that way. But I'm a tactile person. I wanted Mm -hmm. to be able to hands-on help people, not just sit with somebody and verbally help them. So... This is the route that and I love how we have such a variety from the CSO scale, making all the way up the ranks to chief. And so, chief, what was your main draw in the law enforcement? Yeah, I grew up different than the both of them. I grew up really poor, very underprivileged. I grew up in a household with a lot of violence and domestic violence. When I was nine years old, mm. my mother shot and killed my stepdad and had oh, to go wow. to prison. And I grew up not liking the police and seeing them as the people who never came and did anything helpful. And then the one time they did come and do something, my mother had already shot my stepdad and they took her away. Oh, and wow. then she ended up going to prison. And I did not look at the police in a bright light and did not like them at all. Mm-hmm. And I myself was headed down a bad road. And then I was going to be a teacher. I was going to be an art teacher. I still draw, paint, I write music. And I met a police officer when I was 22. And I didn't know he was a police officer, which was super important. Because mm. had I known, I would have not talked to him. Maybe just veered away. Yeah, because yeah. I just painted everybody with a broad brush. If you wore the uniform, I didn't like you. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about who you were as a person. I just cared about the uniform. And I met him at a party and he was funny and we were laughing and we were joking. And so by the time it came up, when I said, what do you do for a living? And he said, I'm a police officer. And I said, oh, that's unfortunate. But he laughed it off. He could have said a lot of things to me. I was pretty rude as I remember it. And I think I was trying to get a reaction from him and he would not give me one. And then forced us to sit there and continue talking. Mm-hmm. And then I realized when I asked him, what do you do in the police department? And he was working in a unit, a domestic violence unit that worked with kids whose parents had been incarcerated, uh-huh. which was my story. And he had no idea that was my story. And so I was like, oh, I didn't know you guys did that. I thought all you did was harass people. Again, one of my digs. <laughs> and he just would not take the bait. And it really forced me to confront what I thought about police officers. And I started looking into it because I had no idea of all the things they actually do. Right. And then I ended up going that route. It's not just policing. It's being a part of the community. It's, it's bringing community together and, and being a steward of that as well. Yeah. And and it's definitely, it's what you make of it because Mm -hmm. you decide what you're going to make of being a police officer and you can have a lot of impact on prevention and intervention and education besides just enforcement is certainly a part of it, Mm -hmm. but there's so much more to it if you decide to make more of it. There's so many branches with the police department as far as from the, the community side to the assistance side to the enforcement. Of course, we talked about 30 by 30, but 
you are looking for applicants of all positions throughout the department. If you guys want to jump in, what would be a good interest point or if somebody that's interested in applying or even suggesting people apply, why would you have them apply? Take home patrol cars. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's re- it's so recruitment and retention. There, there is no other place in Solano County, if not even Northern California, that have take home patrol cars for every single officer. That it should be a huge draw. I remember we did a promo years ago for police. That was one of the big points was you get to bring your car home. I remember they wanted to have that in the script. Make sure you have it in there. Yeah, and that I think is one of our draws. I think the two, when we talk to people who apply for Fairfield, the two things they say is they talk about our training facility, Mm -hmm. uh, that it's exceptional and it's one of the nicest and one of the best training facilities in Northern California. And then the take-home vehicles is probably number two. So we do get exceptional training uh, and we do have a fantastic police department and a really supportive community, which Mm -hmm. I think people that don't live here probably don't realize that we're really diverse Mm -hmm. and we're not just racially diverse, but Mm -hmm. we are socially, economically diverse. And we have a community that really does support the police department and wants to do their part in helping us make it a better community. Nice. Megan, what would you suggest to someone if they were thinking about applying or if somebody's like, I really wish that I could think of a career or something to do getting into working somewhere within Fairfield PD? So our department is really great because we have a lot of technical non-sworn positions. Uh-huh. And that's all of our professional staff, which is what I am. I'm a community service officer. Uh-huh. And so all the calls that are basically cold calls or late calls without any suspect, mm-hmm. traffic collisions, missing persons, parking complaints and violations and such, I get to take. And so that takes things off Kim's plate off of the police oh, officers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that way she and the rest of the sworn officers can handle the bigger calls, the immediate ones where there's somebody's life is at risk. And so there's code enforcement, there's community service officer, there is CSI, there's mm-hmm. dispatch, um, dispatch, there's record property and evidence. There's a lot of oh, administrative that's huge. Staff. property and evidence that just expands mm-hmm. every year. Yeah. And then the nice thing about if you wanted to come in, because Megan's still young and You have to be at least 21 to be a police officer, but we get a lot of young folks that start as a CSO, as a community service officer, that learn our CAD system. They learn how to drive around in our city. They learn how to take reports, how to put in property. Mm -hmm. So they learn a lot of things, and then they take that next step. We have several of our police officers that were CSOs that are now in the sworn police officer side. Right, exactly. And also with your Explorer program, too. A lot of people graduate from that and end up either at different agencies or end up here. Right. Yeah. Same with fire as well. I love that. So what's the moment that kind of solidified why you got into this kind of work? Like one of those aha moments where this is why I got into this kind of work. Ooh, you want like a specific moment? If you want, yeah. Something that really sticks with you. just in general. Just an unforgettable moment that you could talk about, of course. I have one. Okay. So I was working down in LA Mm -hmm. as a CHP officer before I lateraled here. Uh And I pulled over someone who was DUI. So I arrested that person. She got released from jail eight hours later. So she goes back to the station where I was working in West LA. Mm -hmm. She hands the front desk officer her keys to her other two cars. Oh, wow. And she wrote a big, long letter. She goes, I was my own worst enemy. I was going through something in my life. I'm a grandmother and a bunch of other stuff. And she goes, my last name was Rodriguez before I got married. Mm -hmm. She goes, Officer Rodriguez changed my life. She talked to me like a human being on the way to jail. She treated me like a human being and she actually talked some sense into me. So here are my keys. You can donate the cars, whatever you want to do with them. I'm done driving. Wow. And she went to AA and I followed up with her like a year later and I haven't talked to her since, but... 
she completed a full year at AA and that was pretty cool. Very cool. So um, you've made a difference, yeah. making a difference in someone's life. You'll always have that story, which is wonderful. And she'll have that story too. She's right. always going to thank you throughout life. Yeah. Cause we don't always get the thank you, mm-hmm. but we know we did something right, but we don't always get that thank you from somebody else. So it was right. cool to get that letter and have her walk into my office and hand the car keys and say, I'm done driving. Wow. You can donate these two older cars to whatever you want. Very nice. That's kind of cool. Anybody else want to jump in, Megan, or Chief? I would say a couple different instances. They're both missing person reports, one of which was a very elderly man who had dementia, diabetes, a lot of different health issues. Oh, so at-risk um, missing. Yeah. yeah, very yeah. at-risk missing person. And he had walked away, and we did what we call pulling the big red handle, mm-hmm. which is calling the Office of Emergency Services and getting mutual aid from other different agencies in uh-huh. the surrounding area and getting all officers basically searching the entire city. And I was the primary officer on that. And so I'm the one that's the point of contact with the reporting party, who at that time ended up being his wife. Mm -hmm. And so just being able to console her and comfort her in what was arguably the most traumatic day of her life um, was really rewarding. And there have been a couple other ones in which there have been like two-year-olds, 10-year-olds that have ran away or all of a sudden weren't home where we have to now go search the city and we can find them. And it's just, I wouldn't say it feels nice, but it, at least there is some comfort knowing that I'm there to try to help out the person that's going through whatever that traumatic event is. Right. And there's got to be some relieving feeling with that too, that they're mm-hmm. back home safe, they're with their family or exactly everybody's found and, and back home. Yeah, definitely. I have lots of those stories about missing persons or people whose life you've saved. Those things happen mm-hmm. in law enforcement all the time. I would say for me, outside of that, is that I had a realization early on because I came into it not loving the police. I think I have such a good understanding of marginalized communities and people who don't trust us and who don't like us. Mm -hmm. And that I understand that. And I understand what that's like and where they're coming from. But I also love the police. I love the community and I love those people who don't care for us. And I also love the men and women that do this job every day in and out because it is a very difficult job. There's a lot of trauma that we experience. And so it's a very tough job. And so I feel like I've been able to bridge a good gap between people who may look at us and not understand us and my being able to be empathetic in a different way from being in their shoes at one point. That's been super rewarding. What's a good resolution or good suggestion to someone that is against anything you have to do with, like in your youth? You know, you're like, I have nothing to do with police. I think the the best thing we can do is, and I don't wear my uniform all the time. And somebody said to me the other day, you're not in uniform. And I said, yeah, I, I don't wear it all the time because I find it can be off-putting for some people. And people will judge me too quickly and not get to know me as a human being or as Deanna. Mm-hmm. They just see the uniform, which is how I was. If I saw the uniform, I immediately judged you. Mm-hmm. And people have to at least be open to the conversation of sitting down. I don't have to be in uniform. I don't have to be there as a police officer. Because most people don't know what we do. Mm-hmm. Most really, they watch TV. And it's such a gross misrepresentation of what law enforcement does. It's and, not, yeah, it's not cops and robbers. And know, they but. violate the heck out of people's rights on TV. It <laughs> drives me absolutely crazy. They have terrible tactics. It's just awful. <laughs> TV is yeah. a gross misrepresentation. And so if we can get people to just sit down with us in any environment that they're comfortable in to have a conversation as two human beings, I think that opens a door not only for them, but it opens the door for us to understand where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly. It's trust and engagement and 
It also allows them to see all the different assets that the police offer to the community, being a part of the community, not just enforcement, but coaching and mentoring and being a part of different organizations. And And policing is not all rosy. You Mm -hmm. know, I mean, it's ugly. There's a lot of ugliness to it. And sometimes there's people that have to go to jail for committing heinous crimes. There's evil people in the world, and not everybody likes to admit that. And so there is an ugly part of policing. Using force is never pretty. There is no pretty way to use force, but it is something that we have to do on occasion. We try hard not to, but we have to at some point. And I think it's good to be able to have those discussions. Well, that's good. And looking around and seeing that there are so many branches to the police department too, that there are opportunities for everyone at any kind of level too, from enforcement all the way down to CSO, dispatch records, and everything else. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll continue on. We'll come back with Chief Deanna Cantrell, Kim Sepulveda, and Megan O'Connell. We'll be right back. Are you ready to go green? Starting January 1, 2022, both residents and businesses will be required to comply with SB 1383. This Senate bill was written to reduce organic waste in landfills and divert edible food to those in need. Still not sure about what you need to do? Visit fairfield.ca.gov green. Remember, you can make a difference. Welcome back to Words With Way. I'm here with Chief Deanna Cantrell, Officer Kim Sepulveda, and Community Service Officer Megan O'Connell. I'm going to come back with a fun fact. Alice Stebbins Wells. She was born in 1873. She died in 1957. She was an American minister and social welfare worker who in 1910 became the first woman appointed to the Los Angeles Police Department. Although Stebbins was not the first female police officer in the United States, she is believed to have been the first to hold powers of arrest. I so, actually knew that one. But it's inspiring, and it's nice to see that even in the early 20th century that uh, there were women in law enforcement. It is growing, but as Chief Cantrell stated, we're still at about 12%. Trying to get to that 30 by 2030 is a challenge, but I guess we're hopeful and, and we're confident. And all the more reason, if you are a female or male, to please apply to the Fairfield Police Department. There's different positions open. Give us some of the positions that are open in the police department. We actually have quite a few dispatch positions. I think we have six vacancies right now. Oh, wow. And we have one CSO. We have one crime scene investigator position. We have several sworn positions for a police officer. We have our PIO, actually, and we're recruiting nationally for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So quite a few different positions. Okay. You guys have a robust recruiting campaign right now. You've started joinffpd.com. You guys have done some videos. Do you have any incentives or what are some of the incentives to have people apply? If you're a lateral, we have a great incentive. We have a $15,000. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I just, I was going to give you an extra five. My bad. (laughs) I was going to say, that's a great. (laughs) That'll come out of the account. Recruitment (laughs) idea right there. (laughs) We have a 10, but $10,000 if you're a lateral, we have that incentive. And I think as Kim mentioned earlier, we have a lot of great benefits with the city, one of those being with the police department that we do have a take-home vehicle if you live within 60 minutes of the police department, which is a pretty good distance. Okay. And then great training, great training facility. We have very competitive pay. We still accept three at 50, which a lot of agencies don't for laterals. And what else? Other benefits? You really don't have to pay for any of your equipment. The oh, city, that's, true. that's a huge benefit. Most departments require their officers to pay for their uniforms, mm-hmm. their equipment. Fairfield gives you everything. 
What about training? Do they have to be post-academy or do you hire into the academy as well? We're hiring both. So we'll hire laterals or we'll hire folks that have just graduated the academy. We'll hire folks that are in the academy currently that might be self-sponsored. And we are also sponsoring folks. So we have three folks that are graduating from the Sacramento Academy on December 20th. And then we have two that were CSOs that are both starting the Sacramento Academy coming up in... They're in the pre-academy currently. They just finished week two yesterday. Yeah. So every level, brand new folks that are just getting into law enforcement for the first time to folks that have been in law enforcement and want to lateral over to a great city. Okay. One more um, incentive is just how many special assignments we have for Mm -hmm. sworn and non-sworn. So I know that's a big thing. A lot of people like canines and everything like that. But we also have the crisis negotiation team, the tech, what is the technical the drones? support team, TST? Yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm. cool. Not a lot of agencies have that to where you can be a drone operator. Mm-hmm. And that's a really cool thing. So now that is we're drone pilots as well. And it's so prevalent now with police work, too. It saves a lot of time. I remember years ago, you'd have to call CHP and have them bring a bird over. But now you could just pop one out of the trunk yeah. and have the same capabilities, honestly. Yeah. Except when the batteries wear down, the technology, it's really changed nowadays for the benefit of law enforcement and for search and rescue. and Yeah, fire. There's yeah, so fire, many applications. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, we used it for the LNU fire to track the fire line as it creeped along. You mentioned that even somebody that's never been in law enforcement, you said there's opportunities for them as well. Yeah, there's lots of positions on the professional staff side. If they just wanted to come into a police environment and see what it's like or get their feet wet and then maybe move over to the other side, or they could come directly into the sworn side if they've been thinking about that. Okay. Also, you don't need any previous law enforcement experience, especially for the CSO position. Oh, okay. Um, okay. So you can come not knowing a dang thing, and we'll teach you everything that you need to the know. The training's there. Yeah, yeah and, and, and yeah. we do ride-alongs or sit-alongs. They can come and sit with dispatch. We have quite a few people that take advantage of that to see what the job is like. They ride with CSOs, mm-hmm. ride with police officers. And that's available to anybody in the public? They just have to request it? or Correct. You have to fill out the form on our website, I believe. Just go to fairfield.ca.gov and look for the police. And you could go to joinffpd.com. There may be a small background check. Yes, like you can't be a convicted felon, but okay. as long as you well, can, that kind of goes along with it. Yeah. That. yeah. Okay, that works. So, Chief, you came in a little bit over a year ago. I know, I'm sure you have a, a ton of things, but what is your overall take being Chief the last year? So I'm at my 27th year this year, and Fairfield's been fantastic. It was a perfect move for me. Somebody asked me just the other day, why'd you come to Fairfield? Mm -hmm. And I came and I I drove around for a couple of days and spent some time here. And I just felt like it was such a perfect city for me. It's a good-sized city. We're almost 120,000 people. Mm -hmm. And we have challenges. We have crime and violence and gang issues. But we also have a really supportive community. We have a fantastic police department. And we have socioeconomic issues and real division and real people that need real help from the police department. And Uh so... I felt like the challenges that were here were directly in my wheelhouse. And I felt like I would also be a good fit for the city and what the city needed. And it's just been fantastic. Okay. And what are you looking forward to in the next year coming? We're working on a strategic plan for the city and we're going to be putting out a survey that will be coming out pretty soon so Mm -hmm. people can keep an eye out for that. Okay. We really want to get some community input on what meaningful policing looks like to our community because we don't want to put together a strategic plan that is just meaningful for us. We know that the reason that we exist is because we have communities and without them, you wouldn't need the police. 
And so it really is important to us to know what meaningful policing looks like to them. And so I hope that survey will capture that kind of information. Uh So we'll be putting that out and then we'll be putting together our strategic plan, which really is a three-year plan to have a roadmap of where the police department is going to be going over the next three years. If there's anything else anyone wants to add, this is just a group question. If you wanted to add one more thing or have anything to say. I wish I had a fun fact. I didn't come prepared, clearly. Sorry. Fun fact? Megan? He stole my fun fact. I knew that fun fact. Do I have time to Google a fun fact? I'll tell you my my own (laughs) fun fact. What's your fun fact fact that no one knows about you? There you go. I was on The Price is Right. Were you really? Yes, and I was in the audience talking to my friend, and all of a sudden I just heard... Deanna Cantrell, come on up. Oh, my gosh. And I was a total idiot. I jumped up and started high-fiving everybody. I ran screaming down the aisle like I swore I wouldn't. And then I got up there, and I was the last to bid. And the whole audience was screaming at you, and I bid $1 because I thought everybody else was over. And sure enough, (laughs) I, I got up on stage. I won a refrigerator. Wow. So you got that far. <laughs> Do you still have the refrigerator's worth of ice cream? Yes, I still have the refrigerator. Were you with a, a group of people like the whole row like, all had shirts. green shirt or something? We all had shirts that say the price is right. And yes, so is That's my, a fun fact. My right mother there. wanted to go for her birthday. Nice. Any yeah. fun facts, Megan? What do you got? About me specifically yeah. or just a fun fact? What's a fun fact about oh, you? I broke my collarbone playing rugby in college. That's probably nice. the coolest thing That's I've ever really done. That's really cool, actually. Other than that, I don't really have anything. I read on my Snapple lid at lunch today, male turkeys are the only ones that gobble. <laughs> really? I thought that was a peacock thing. Like, I thought the male peacocks were the only ones that, like, made sounds. So I guess peacocks are similar. Okay. All the birds. I could totally be wrong. They're the ones that show off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the peacocks, yeah, the oh, male. Oh, okay. Yeah, they I was close. Kim, what's yours? Now I know. Well, I'm no, not fun. very interesting. A fun fact is that anyone could apply to the Fairfield Police Department. There you yes, go. anyone. Go. Any walk of life. Without a felony Without a background. felony, prior felony background. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. No, and, a few, and a few other things <laughs> also. But. Yeah. We'll definitely look into joinffpd.com for information. You could also find information at fairfield.ca.gov slash police. Is there a phone number that anybody can call or would you rather just have them go to the website? There's a hiring number. I know our general line that will bring you to the phone tree is 707-428-7300. Okay. 428-7300. I want to thank all of you for coming today. Thank you so much for joining us on Words with Way. And our last word of the day is subscribe. Subscribe, rate, and review. That's it for this episode of Words with Way. Be safe and thanks for listening.